Sing it out. This is our destiny. The battle's already won. Make it loud. We're giving everything. By the cross, we've overcome. Welcome back to the Home Bible Study Podcast. We have been studying the book of Jonah, and we have come to the last uh, chapter of this book. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the study. I certainly am enjoying it greatly, and just pray that you also would be enjoying it. So I know the Lord is going to accomplish his will in your life um, through Jonah. So I'm excited to hear what that is. If uh, anybody wants to share, I would love to hear about what uh, Jonah has uh, meant for you. So um, here we are, Jonah. Uh, I'm studying from the King James Version. We're going to pick up in chapter four. There's a lot here, so I want to get right into it uh, without doing very much of a, a review of chapter three only saying that it was um, pretty amazing to see how God delivered this entire nation of people. So we're going to continue on now, and we switch from the focus of chapter 3, which was primarily on the ministry of Jonah and the effect it had on the Ninevites, and now we turn back in chapter 4 to Jonah. And in this chapter, I think it's safe to say that we're going to see how that God is intimately um, aware of the lives of his people and intimately involved in the lives of his people. And Jonah is no exception. And we're going to see how that God has orchestrated all of these events to have this very powerful and effective ministry to Jonah and also through him to us. So starting in uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, uh, after the positive response of the Ninevites, we see Jonah's response in verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. So this is not the response that I would have uh, assumed. Well, you know, Jonah's not your normal guy. The Originally, when God told him to go minister to Nineveh, he went the opposite direction. So here we see this entire nation of people being saved, but you know, you would think, well, you know, what an amazing ministry and the kind of joy that would come from that, but that's not the reaction of Jonah. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. So he was very unhappy with this. And I think I alluded to this uh, in the last uh, lesson um, that from the Jewish mindset, they they just didn't see Gentiles as being saved. They saw Gentiles as being, you know, dominated. Um, they were outside of the faith. They didn't know anything about God. And to see that God would save all these people had implications that went far beyond just the fact that they were delivered from the uh, judgment. They're now a part of the future, the eternal future of the nation Israel. And this displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. In verse 2, well, before we get into verse 2, I think we should uh, separate Jonah being angry with God from, from God disciplining Jonah. Um, Jonah was 
very angry. He was angry when God first told him to go witness to the Ninevites. Uh, and Jonah disobeyed God at that point. God dealt with that, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So I just want to make sure we understand that Jonah being angry right now is a separate issue from him disobeying God initially. God dealt with that. God dealt with him uh, and got him back on the right track as far as being obedient and serving God. So his anger and his service are two different things. So I just want to make sure that we are clear that, you know, when the Lord came to Jonah a second time, he, uh, that was in service. Uh, and then he, the fellowship was restored, right? So this current state of Jonah has nothing to do with the things that happened to him prior to now. Uh, God has um, a plan and a purpose to minister to Jonah in his anger uh, specifically. And uh, he's already dealt with Jonah's disobedience. So this has nothing to do with that. Now, the original sin that led Jonah down a bad path to the belly of a fish um, does still need to be dealt with. He, God dealt with his disobedience and not going to Nineveh and God uh, set him on the path of going to Nineveh. But there's an ori the original anger that, that manifested in him when he was first told to go to Nineveh and that was displayed in his disobedience that led down, him down a path of disobedience. That still needs to be dealt with. And that's what we're going to see. So notice the grace and kindness of the Lord in dealing with his servant Jonah. Be reminded of the grace and kindness that he displays in dealing with you and in dealing with me. It's very similar. It's the same God. Jesus is very loving and his kindness is beyond my ability to describe. But I'm prayerful that you're going to see something of that and how he deals with Jonah and maybe even how he has dealt with you in your life. Um, that's, that's my objective here. Uh, in this lesson. So in verse 2, we see, um, first in verse 1, it says he's very angry. In verse 2, it says, and he prayed unto the Lord. So this shows he's uh, in fellowship. You know, he's he's praying to the Lord now. Um, even though he has this issue that has to be dealt with, he he is uh, in the, the place that he needs to be where God wants him to be. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Now, the the insolence in his statement, I think, is clear. But he's also being very sincere. We have to give him credit for he's not trying to whitewash the issue. He's being very direct and sincere and open. And I think that's important when we talk to God that we lay all the cards on the table because there's nothing that God doesn't know. He can see our heart. So we might as well be very candid with him in our communication. And he says, Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repentance of evil. So these are the things that Jonah had already learned about God. And they're the things that you learn when you have a close walk with the Lord Jesus, when you have been saved and you have responded positively to his word. These are the characteristics 
that you learn that are a part of the Lord Jesus, that he's gracious, that he's merciful, that he's slow to anger, uh, and of great kindness, not just kindness, great kindness, and that he repents of evil. And we talked about that repentance of evil, how that, you know, God will, um, he doesn't change that when he says he repents of evil, that's from man's perspective. So he says, I knew that thou art a gracious God. So Jonah knew this from experience. Jonah knew this from the word of God, from all that he's learned as a prophet, as a uh, Israelite. And Jonah knew this as a fact. Jonah had come to rest in the comfort of this knowledge, and it gave him this peace that's beyond understanding because he, he knew the grace of God. This is the grace that you experience in salvation. It's unmerited and it's unearned. Jonah knew that the Lord Jesus sent him because he wanted to manifest his power in one of two ways, either in judgment of these people or salvation. That's the only reason God would send him. So Jonah's personal experience with the Lord convinced him that grace was the inclination of God, that he leaned towards grace. And so that uh, was something that bothered Jonah as this grace would potentially and most likely be extended to the Ninevites. The thought of the Ninevites receiving the grace of God and having a portion in the majestic future of eternal blessings that was promised to the nation Israel, uh, that was beyond his imagination. He wanted just the opposite. He wanted them to be crushed and annihilated and destroyed. And in the economy that Jonah lived in, that was pretty normal. That's They would pray for the destruction of their enemies. You know, we live in an economy of grace in the church age, and we don't do anything like that. But that was pretty common back then, you know. Um, and uh, so this is probably what Jonah was wanting to happen to the Ninevites, but it, just the opposite occurred. To, to what he wanted. Um, Jonah wanted and was probably imagining the complete destruction of Nineveh. Nineveh was a cruel and godless nation, um, and they made frequent attacks upon the northern kingdom where Jonah lived. Uh, so not only did he want them, not want them to be delivered, but now they were his brothers and sisters in faith. You know, how, did, how was Jonah to reconcile this in his mind, in his heart. So maybe you can think of someone uh, or a race of people that you know you would find unwelcome, maybe in your home. Uh, people that you're like, hey, I wouldn't want those people uh, coming to my home. I wouldn't want those people marrying into my family. Um, maybe you can think of that, people like that. I don't know, but if you can, then you have an idea of why Jonah was so angry. Um, do you know of a person that maybe, uh, in spite of their race, has or whatever, they've just caused you harm? They've caused you personal harm to you or to somebody you love. Uh, it's hard for you in a case like that, and it's hard for me to... Um, Think of that person 
in a positive way, right? And to think that that person may one day be uh, someone that you have the opportunity to minister to. Uh, it's important that we don't allow our personal feelings, our emotions get in the way of our ministry. That um, whoever these people are who may have caused you harm, we have to see them as, you know, see their ultimate need. That they need to know the Lord Jesus and that he can fix all of that in their life. He can change them, just like he made a change in the lives of the Ninevites. Uh, the world we live in is no friend of grace, so unfortunately we make far more enemies than we do friends. Uh, Jesus is going to teach Jonah an important lesson about grace, and it's a lesson that we need to learn. Uh, grace is his to give to whomever he chooses. And that's the bottom line. Um, God if you would have known me before the Lord saved me, you probably wouldn't have liked me very much. Um, you may still not like me very much, but I know you wouldn't have liked me then because I don't like the person that I was. But God changes people. God is able to deliver us from who we were and make us into who he wants us to be. And we have to see those people we come in contact with who are unsaved as just needing that grace that they need that grace. And um, we have the ability and the privilege to minister to them. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's Romans 9, 15. So God is the one who decides who receives grace, and it's not up to us. To decide we are to yield to his will and minister as he leads us to do so so people get angry with god i know that i mean people get angry with god but it's not a reflection of god but instead it's a reflection of the evil that's in the heart of man because there's no reason to be angry with god none whatsoever uh, god is good he's perfect in 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 every way in everything that he brings into our lives it's filtered through his love. So there is no reason to be angry. We get angry because of the sin that is a part of our nature. So man cannot be in a place to judge the actions or the intent of the Lord Jesus. We just are not capable of that. Uh, we're always operating from a place of ignorance. If you think about it, we don't have the perspective. We don't have the scope. We don't have the understanding of God. So we can, we can always misinterpret things. So we need to not lean on our own understanding, but trust him. But we do have emotions, um, and those emotions can be expressed in a negative way. If they're not expressed through the lens of righteousness, uh, through the leading of God, the Holy Spirit, then we're going to err every time. And God knows this, and he has grace for that. The answer to that is the word of God. Our access to the right thinking that is needed is the word of God. The word of God washes us. It's, it's one of the analogies. It washes us of sin because it, it gets us in the right frame of mind. It points us in the direction of righteousness. It leads our mind to think down the path of righteous deduction. 
this is the protection that we have and it's why it's so important for us to always be immersed in ourselves in the word. Uh, the word will patiently and graciously correct our heart and mind to align our thinking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so let's let's see here in this account and watch how the Lord uses all the resources available to him to align Jonah's heart and mind to his, to get Jonah's mind in the right place. Uh, it says then in verse four, then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? Very simply put, so simply expressed to Jonah. Jonah says, I'm angry. You know, he's very candid. He says, I'm exceedingly angry about this. And the Lord, you know, challenges that and says, Jonah, is it a good thing that you're angry? That's basically what he's saying. Is that good? Is that, do do us well to be angry? Uh, so, So here we see, and hear the compassion and the directness of this question. You got to hear the compassion in the way that the Lord is speaking to Jonah. It reminds me of a question that was asked to Cain, you know, who also was operating from a wrong supposition. You know, God asked him, you know, do, you know, is this good what you're doing, Cain? Are you going down the right path? Um, and, you know, God reasons with us. He challenges our thoughts through the word of God to make us to understand and see what we couldn't see otherwise. Our thoughts have to be challenged by his word. It's a protection for us. Uh, we must, you know, know and meditate upon his word because in doing that, it's going to point out and direct us in the, the way that we should go. In verse 5, um, so Jonah went out of the city. This is Jonah's response. Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And there made him a booth. He made like a little hut, you know, uh, and sat under it in the shadow. So he made this little protection from the heat, a little hut, uh, till he might see what will become of the city. So Jonah was not convinced. He saw the response of these people. He saw that this entire city responded positively to the gospel. But he was like, you know, there's still a little hope. They might just, uh, that might have just been an initial response. So I'm going to wait and see if this continues. Because, you know, God still might destroy these people. And if he does, I want to get a, a front row seat. And that was the mentality of Jonah. He wanted to see what might become of the city. So Jonah saw the faith and response of these Ninevites, but still held out hope that it wasn't a true response. He made a little shelter. He sat down in hopes that he would see a change that will cause their destruction. That's what Jonah wanted. Jonah did not witness to Nineveh out of love for them, but out of obedience to God. And that's what it's important for us to see that uh, obedience to God is just that. Um, it supersedes whatever's going on in our hearts and minds that we just obey God. That's that's what we're to do. And it'll it'll protect us from the poison that could lead us down the wrong path. 
And here we see that this, this anger or this hatred for the Ninevites is something that is harmful to Jonah. And God is dealing with it. You know, it's heartbreaking to read this, that Jonah wasn't affected by the grace of God extended to these people, that he was just being held captive by this hatred. And, you know, the same thing is true today. Uh, we still see hatred in men, hatred for one another, uh, for, you know, a myriad of reasons, none of them good. And it, it plagues our society. You know, it's just sad to see. But God is able to minister to each individual in a special way to help us to see these things through his word. And we're going to see how he does that here with Jonah. So the heart of man is evil beyond understanding. We know that. And Jonah is displaying to us the kind of evil that Jesus has delivered us from. This is the very kind of sin that has caused our Lord to have to come and, and suffer uh, to deliver us. Um, this kind of sin, apart from his grace, would separate us from him forever. And, you know, this is just what we're seeing. It's God is laying it out to us plainly uh, through this prophet Jonah. And we have to be able to see ourselves in this. So now the Lord is going to provide another lesson for Jonah. The Lord has designed lessons throughout this account specifically for, for Jonah. And just like he has designed those kind of lessons specifically for us if we're saved. Um, I think that you could see if you look at your life from God's perspective, you'll see it as a series of lessons that are making you into per to the person that Jesus would have you to be. Paul calls it a race. You know, that's what he calls it. Uh, a prescribed route that will ultimately lead us into the arms of Jesus. That's the path that we're all on. And it's a path that's designed for each of us individually. Custom designed by the Lord Jesus. The Lord cares about how you feel and how you interact with others. He's very conscious of that. Um, a soul that's ready to be with the Lord forever is a soul that can see beyond the person and see their need. That is one of the um, big signs that you're on the path. When you can see people for what they need in the Lord Jesus and not what they're doing or how they're responding or what they're doing to you. An example of this is when Stephen was being stoned to death. His last words were for grace to those who were killing him. He asked God not to hold this against them, not, you know, to forgive them. And, and that shows a maturity. That shows uh, a heart that's been properly exercised by the grace of God when you're able to do that. This is the love of Christ, to show mercy, humility, patience, long-suffering, all these are the fruit of the Spirit uh, to those who don't deserve it, to show these things and to manifest these things to people who don't deserve it. That is when you are Christ-like. That's when you are a Christian. 
So let us not be harsh with Jonah. Uh, he's just in a place of need, just like we are. And the Lord knows that, and he's going to address that need uh, intimately and personally. In verse 6, And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from grief. Now, many of you may be like me that, you know, when I think of a gourd, I think of a um, something other than what's being described here. Um, this is a, a plant. Uh, and when I think about the plant, I think of it as, I don't know if you've ever seen an elephant ear. You know, I have a few around uh, in my garden. So, they're, you know, these plants, they're, they're come up and they're called an elephant ear because the plant itself is so big. You know, it's like a elephant's ear. And uh, I imagine that's what this gourd was that God caused to come up. It was a plant that came up and it provided a shadow from the, from the sun. And, you know, if you've ever seen an elephant ear, that's a big plant. And it's, you know... It could provide some relief from the sun. And that's what I imagine in my head this gourd was. Um, so also think about the fact that Jonah at this point had been, uh, remember I said his skin was affected by being in this fish. So it was probably very sensitive, right? It was burned by the um, acid of the fish, his fish's tummy. And now Jonah was very sensitive to the heat more so than he was. He didn't have that pigment of protection. And uh, it was probably painful. <clears throat> now Jonah was getting, you know, that parts of his skin maybe even got infected at this point. And the sun was causing him some pretty intense grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd, it says. So when that plant came up and it covered him from the sun, he was so pleased with that plant. Uh, God caused it to come up miraculously, just overnight. And when he saw it, he was like, oh yes, this is good. This is what I needed. And it made him very happy. Um, it, was, uh, it was a blessing to Jonah and it was immediate relief. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever been in pain. When you get immediate relief, man, it makes you very happy. <laughs> so verse seven, um, but God prepared a worm uh, the morn, uh, when the morning rose the next day. So the next day, he, had the, he got to enjoy this um, plant in the shade for a day and a night. But the next morning, God prepared a worm and it smote the gourd that it withered. So this worm came in and this worm went to town. It started eating. And it ate the plant from the inside, and there goes the plant. It's gone. Uh, just as quickly as it came, it was gone. And notice that all of this was God's doing. God caused the plant to grow, and God caused a worm to come to destroy the plant. In verse 8, And it came to pass, when the sun did arise, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted uh, and wished himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. So we see uh, God has caused uh, even more things to come to Jonah. Not only did he lose the, the plant, the gourd that was causing him um, 
so a bit of comfort, but now this east wind, God has caused this very strong east wind to come and it's blowing this hot air and uh, upon the head of Jonah. So, you know, Jonah is, is suffering and he's tired and he's hot and it says that he fainted, you know, he didn't have strength in him and he wished himself to die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. That was his summation of the situation. Like, it'd be better for me just to die. Now, remember, Jonah died uh, in, the, in the fish's belly, and he went to paradise. And so when he says it's better that he dies, he's comparing his current situation or state to what it would be like in paradise. And from his perspective, he was like, yeah, what's the point of me even being alive? Now, we also have to consider that he's pretty upset about the um, Ninevites being saved and the consequences and the, what that uh, probably means for him and his relationship to them. So all of this is just too much for Jonah. You know, he's just like, I'm done. You know, I am just done and I'm ready to go. Jonah is angry because of his physical pain. And we know if you've ever had physical pain, it's it's hard to keep a good attitude, you know, when you have physical pain. You know, pray for doctors and nurses, particularly nurses, because they have to deal with people who are experiencing physical pain and they're not nice people. It brings out the worst in a person. And so he's experiencing this physical pain and he's angry because the source of his physical comfort, this plant is gone. Just as quickly as it came, it's gone. And he is just, there's a wind beating down on him and circumstances have been dialed up a few notches. So now it's just bad, you know. It's just bad and he's done. Uh, this east wind is compounding his pain. The heat and the, and the gourd is gone. It's just all bad. Now Jonah is suffering loss. And... All the things that come with that loss. Jonah had grown very attached to this gourd. It said he was exceedingly pleased by the gourd. He, he became immediately attached to this gourd and all that it represented. And verse 9, And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? So first he asked him, Or doest thou well to be angry? You know, remember he that was the initial um, question that uh, he asked him, and now he's saying, uh, doest thou will to be angry for the gourd? Because, uh, and now God is kind of dialing it in. He's getting, he's really um, making the application. So you and I can put anything in place of this gourd. That's what I think is interesting. It doesn't have to be a plant. We can put anything there. Anything we want to at the end of that sentence, anything that we're fond of or have an attachment to that is suddenly gone, okay? It could be a job, a position that we held, something that we wanted. It could be a person that was in our lives, um, someone that was very meaningful to us, maybe even a child or a mate that's gone. The gourd was something that Jonah valued and that made him exceedingly glad. So we can put anything in that place. And, and God is posing that same question to us. Uh, now, just as the Lord brought the gourd into his life, the Lord has taken it away. And Jonah was angry. And the same thing happens to us 
When something comes into our lives that makes us happy, that we're very pleased with, hey, it's great, everything's wonderful, but when God takes that away, what is our response? Do we get angry? We shouldn't. And that's what God is saying. Is it a good thing that you get angry about this? And God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, this was Jonah's response. I do well to be angry unto death. So Jonah's response was one of someone who was suffering loss, who was angry, who felt righteous in their anger. Um, And that's the thing about anger. Anger will lead us down a path that is not correct. And we need to lean on the word of God because it wasn't good for Jonah to be angry or for the gourd. And God is going to make that very clear. Pain and loss are a strong combination to have to deal with. Uh, if you've dealt with these things, then you know. They're, they're very difficult. Physical pain is one thing, but emotional pain is even worse because it's, it comes from our soul. You know, physical pain we can treat on the outside. But our, when our soul feels pain that is some, and loss, that's something that's very difficult to deal with. And God understands that. We're geared towards attachment. You know, we are geared or made to, be a, to have relationships of attachment. And it's natural that we are that way. Uh, so many of the lessons of God for us involve overcoming our natural inclinations by spiritual means. That's why we have God the Holy Spirit because of course our natural inclination is towards evil as sparks fly upward. It's just the way we're we're built. Uh, It's the effects of sin uh, on mankind. But God has given us these spiritual means to overcome these things. Uh, It's the key to our overall success as Christians to learn um, that leaning into the spiritual, uh, the spiritual part of our lives will give us success over our natural inclinations. As we grow in grace and the knowledge of, of the Lord, we're better equipped to face the dilemmas of life. And if these dilemmas come in the form of our natural inclination is to do one thing, God tells us to do something else. And The only way that we can be successful is to lean into the spiritual part uh, of our lives and to to invest and grow spiritually. Jonah is angry. You know, there's no doubt he's angry. He's angry because of the gourd. He's angry because of the mission he was sent on. The results, the fish, his pain, the east wind, the sun beating down on him. All of these things he's angry about. But all of that anger is really focused on this gourd, right? And God is pointing that out. And he's saying, you know, uh, doest thou well to be angry because of the gourd? Now, God shows here his heart for Jonah, not only for Jonah, but for mankind. Notice how that he patiently directs Jonah in a direction that is right. God takes the time and the effort to patiently direct and guide Jonah. Verse 10. 
Then said the Lord, Thou hast pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it to grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. Um, verse 11, And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and much cattle. So here we see the thrust of God's message to Jonah and also to us to help us to overcome this failing this that uh, is a part of us, that is a part of our sin nature. So first let's deal with verse 10. God makes the point that he has done all the work to create this gourd. The earth and the universe, all of this belongs to God. He's created these things. We, like Jonah, tend to forget that. That all of these things, uh, including us, are his creation. Right? If God wanted to, he could turn the switch off and we're all gone. Just as suddenly as the gourd. God is able to do that, and he will be right in doing it. You know, we complain about things that we have no control over, and it shows our ignorance and how easily we forget that God is sovereign over all things, and God has to remind us of that through his word. Jonah was angry. It's a natural emotion, but if it's left unchecked, it's like a fire that burns out of control and does damage to the individual and everyone around you. That's how, how anger works. Uh, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. James 1.19 uh, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Ecclesiastes 7.9 so it's important for us to understand that anger can lead us down a path of unrighteousness. And that's what it's doing here for Jonah. So Jonah is in a wrong state of mind. And the Lord reasons with him. The Lord does not come down on him with a hammer and say, you know, saying, Jonah, you're wrong and you need to stop. You know, that's the way we would respond to people. But God is patient. He's slow to anger. And he's merciful and he's gently guiding Jonah away from the path that he's on this wrong to the correct path. This is how the Holy Spirit reasons with us using the word of God. And that's why it's so important for us to be in the word, because we are we have this uh, treasure in God, the Holy Spirit, and we have to, you know, Utilize this great blessing by being in the word because the word will lead us in the direction that we need to go. Um, it's vital that we study and, and feed ourselves on the word uh, consistently so that we can be made wise, you know, wiser than our teachers. The, the, the word says it makes us wiser than our teachers. In verse 11, the Lord points out that in Nineveh, there were 120,000 toddlers. That's what he means when he says that there were six score thousand that didn't know their right hand from their left. That's a way of saying that there was uh, 120,000 toddlers. Like 
They, they didn't know their left from their right. Uh, Jonah could feel the loss over the gourd that existed a day and a night, but he couldn't feel anything for these children and these, these animals even of Nineveh that were delivered from destruction. Um, and that's, that's the point that God is making. He's like, it's, it's interesting that you're able to apply your affections towards this plant, this plant that came up and went in a night that you had no personal investment in. But these people that you've gone and witnessed to that have been delivered that, you know, three days journey and witnessing to all of these different people that you witnessed to. And you can walk away from that not having uh, a love and concern for them. This is the sin that is in mankind. And Jonah's just displaying that. And, and it's important for us to see that this is the same sin that is in us. Uh, here we see how sin has corrupted our hearts, how anger turns to bitterness and foolishness. And a lot of times, this is a direct result of personal loss. If you lose someone that you care for, that you love, a lot of people's response is, you know, why would God do that? You know, we immediately turn to blame God, but that's wrong. That's the wrong mentality because uh, God is sovereign over all things. And we should be thankful that we got to experience the attachment, that we got to experience the individual or the person or the the situation and not stomp away like little kids with our lip out saying, it's not right, you took away my favorite toy. So, you know, we don't get any resolution when it comes to Jonah. You know, did he learn from what God said to him? The, the account just ends here uh, with God giving this um, instruction. So we really don't get any resolution here. Uh, what what happened with Jonah? What happened with the Ninevites? We know that it was about a hundred years later when the Ninevites uh, were ultimately destroyed. So we know that this salvation of all these people it didn't last, but it, it the the effects lasted for about a hundred years. So um, at least that generation of Ninevites we know are going to, uh, were saved, and that they will have a, a witness and testimony in eternity. But as far as Jonah and what happened with him, we don't know. But I think the reason why God does that is because he wants us to make an application to ourselves. He doesn't want us to look to Jonah. He wants us to see ourselves in Jonah. And we have to look to ourselves and ask the same question. You know, are we learning? Are we responding to all that God is showing us and revealing about ourselves? God used several things to minister to Jonah. Let's consider some of those things. Um, he used a great wind. He used the mariners. He used the shipmaster. He used a great fish. He used the people of Nineveh, and he used the gourd. He used an east wind, 
and the heat of the sun. And he used his word. I point this out because I want us to see the lengths that God goes to minister to his people. Um, that whatever situation you find yourself in or situations that you see that are around you, God has orchestrated those things for a purpose. And he's ministering to you. He wants to get across to you um, something that's very important that's going to help you to learn the next lesson and the next lesson and the next lesson. And it continues on. Um, so be sensitive to that. And the way that you can interpret these things is through his word. That's why it's important for us to study. The Lord is using all of creation to minister to us. Um, the question is, are we listening? We can't allow sin to distract us from the important message that God has for us. If you're saved, God is speaking to you, uh, even in the hard situations that you face. I think especially in those situations. So listen and respond like the Ninevites. Let us do that. Let's positively respond to God's revelation. Let's be like the mariners in, in the way that they embrace faith and they trusted God in responding to him. And let's not be like Jonah, you know, who allowed anger to um, come between him and God's ministry. Uh, let's not be too hard on Jonah, though. We have to understand that Jonah is just like us, and we're just like Jonah. Um, how many of us have been in the very same place as Jonah, where we felt anger and we've allowed um, our own self-righteousness to interfere with um, the right thinking that should have been in place uh, that God had to correct us from. So let's focus instead on the grace and kindness of God and how that he has dealt with Jonah and how he deals with us. Uh, that he would care so much about just one of his sheep that he would use all his power over all creation just to teach them things that they need to know. That's the same Jesus that we serve today. And he's intimately involved in our lives in this very same way. So let's be thankful and praise him for that. Let's close. Father, thank you so much for this letter, uh, this book uh, of Jonah. Uh, thank you for the things that you have shared with us from this study and I pray, Father, it will be effectual in our lives as we move forward in service to you, that you would teach us of your goodness and remind us that you are right in all that you do. And that, you know, we don't understand always what's going on or why things are happening, but we just have to trust that uh, it's a part of your plan, just like it was with Jonah in his life. Uh, we're no different. I pray, Father, that you be glorified in this study and in all things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.